I do my best to live a healthy lifestyle. I try to get out there, work out, break a sweat when possible. I'm not necessarily a fitness or a, a wellness freak, but I'm just trying to be a little bit healthier every single day, which is where Sun Warrior comes into play for me. It is a plant-based, eco-friendly, performance-boosting, all things brand that I want to talk about. And it's their active nutrition line that is something that I've been messing around with over the course of the past couple of months. And it's really working out for me because with protein, creatine, pre-workout and hydration, these products are designed to optimize your performance. And I'm always up for optimizing any aspect of my life, even boosting my own energy reserves or being more hydrated after a long day in the gym or on the golf course. It really does turbocharge my recovery. It's something that I really take seriously and it's real nutrition for real life. So go check out sunwarrior.com and use code FIRST. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and we are mega preview pod in this week's Wells Fargo Championship. And joining me to do just that, the coach is here. What's going on, coach? Fired up another week, another tournament and field that we're not normally used to. But that could mean we could have another really fun week. I'm here for it. Mark Immelman is here. Mark, good to have you. Speaking of fun weeks, I'm $50 richer. Nice to be with you guys. Coach, good to see you, man. Mm. <laughs> I meant to tweet this out. Hold on. So Mark just just strolls into the group chat and he just said, this is how you know Mark's looking for you. He just won a bet. He just types, anyone heard from coach? Question mark? <laughs> but I will do this, coach. To your credit, I was expecting you to say something. But I opened Venmo and it's, the money's just there. No, 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 nothing. Just like begrudgingly, he's like, I don't like this horrible South African human being. This is, a, this is a true story. When I sent that Venmo, I wasn't even going to put anything in the description. Did you know you cannot send a Venmo yes. without writing something in the description? That irritated the hell out of me. It oh, my God, that drove me bananas. That's and I had to write something. I just put a random emoji in most of the time. Oh my god! I didn't have the energy to even track down the bottle of wine. I said, "Here's a fifty bucks. Go buy it yourself." I was, I was yeah, so no, no, no. But, but listen, you're actually breaking contract here because it fought, was for a bottle of wine. So I want you in the wine store buying it, going <laughs> to ship it. No, that, that's how this goes. You can't just Venmo me money. That's wrong. Well, here's the problem: the, the the store where I used to buy it from, I can't even find it anymore. So unless you give me your new store, then I can do that. But I can't oh, even find the store next anymore. time. Next time. Next time. Still irritated me. Uh, has anyone heard from KP? There he is, Kyle <laughs> Porter, back uh, from vacation, hopefully well-rested, or do you now need a vacation from your vacation? Well, I was well-rested, and then it took uh, – we had a th- we had a three-hour flight on Sunday that took 27 hours. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which was uh, – you know, nobody wants to f- hear about how hard my vacation was, but <laughs> that was – uh, that was tough. So I'm, I'm uh, slowly recovering. I feel like, you know how when you haven't typed or like, like I read a ton on vacation, but I didn't type. I didn't really think about golf that much. And you get back into it and you're like, do, do I know? Like, is this my job? Do I know? Do I remember how to do this? It just feels, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I haven't hit balls in like a year. Uh, so I'm I'm laboring to to get back into it, and I'm excited about this week. This is a really fun um, time of year because there's you know three major championships in the next what ninety days or hundred days. So it's going to be uh, the next couple of months are going to be going to be awesome, and uh, yeah, we get that started uh, very soon. We'll just get started right now because we're going to TPC Potomac, not. Quail Hollow, Mark. This is uh, going to be reserved, Quail Hollow, that is, for the President's Cup later in the year. TPC Potomac has made just a few appearances on the PGA Tour calendar, and it's going to be quite different than Quail Hollow and even more front of mind. It's going to be a lot different than what we saw in Mexico last week. Yeah, very, very much so. And I have fun memories of uh, Avenel, or well, was Avenel back in the day, you know, Booz Allen and then the Redo, which is 
Uh, it's just a tremendous golf course. It is a, a lot of golf course. You better bring your game to play around there. And you look at the list of champions, they're all ball strikers from Adam Scott to Lee Jansen. Uh, goodness gracious, these guys are real hitters. And uh, my second ever event on the CBS Big Show was there. And the final round, in fact, uh, yeah, I think it was the final round, I had Francesco Molinari, who was just cruising along there and all of a sudden just caught fire and just flagged everything, drove the ball in the fairway and shot the easiest looking 64 I think I've ever seen um, and won by eight. And so it's very fun memories for me to go back there, but it's a great golf course in just a wonderful area because you've got congressional down the way and there's a lot more undulation change than people would expect. And so there's valleys and you're up and down hills and everything's tree-lined and it wants you to drive the ball really accurately. So you look at Molinari and it's almost kind of like, a, uh, for me, the prototypical guy that does well around there. And if you look at the list of folks, Carl Stanley is one there. It's the same sort of thing. Fairly long off the tee, very accurate, good ball striker. And it's, it's a great spot. I, I feel like Washington, D.C. is underrated for great golf courses. And this one certainly won. Yeah, Kyle Stanley won in a playoff in 2017, Quicken Loans National, uh, Francesco Molinari 2018, same event. That's the the Sunday that Mark is referring to. And coach, you look at it, it feels like it's been a while since uh, rough has been a factor, but rough is going to be a factor this week. Basically three and a half inches. There might be a little bit of rain on Wednesday, which can always kind of give you that wet, kind of awkward rough. It is it is going to ask you, as Mark alludes to, to really be precise off the tee as opposed to just trying to overpower a golf course. Yeah, it is completely the opposite of what we had last week in Mexico where there was literally no rough. Uh, to speak of, and whenever a player was in a little bit deeper, that was kind of a bad break. This week is completely different, and I think to Mark's point, that ball striker is even going to be more of a premium, uh, which is going to play out certainly in my picks and what I learned from Mexico, because now you're starting to see players that are playing a lot two or three uh, times in a row, and when they get to a golf course like this, where are they going to get their memories from? Well, a lot of the guys won't have any memories because they haven't played here before. So I think that uh, experience at this golf course is going to be a big, big deal. Then also keeping it in the fairway. Which players can do that the best, I think, are going to be the most successful at this golf course during this week. Yeah, KP, it is It is interesting. There's obviously guys in this field who have played – uh, or do, did play the Quicken Loans National in 2018, 2017. Leishman played it both years. We've got a bunch of guys who played at least one of those. But when it's been four years and a large chunk of the field has has never teed it up competitively there, I, I think it starts to level the playing field a, a little bit, doesn't it? Well, I, I think what happens, and I'm curious about your take on this. I didn't get a chance to watch you guys on uh, the, the show on Monday. I usually check out at least the first part of that, because I think you have really good info on the course and stuff like that. But to me, when you haven't been to a place in a while um, and you never really went to it super consistently, at least in recent years, it it pushes me more toward who had like almost 100 percent who has recent form. And we see this happen at, at um, PGA championships or U.S. Opens a lot because they go to such different venues every year that it's you know and and those are a little u.s opens a little different because they have kind of the same style of setup um at all u.s opens but i think with a place like this it just pushes me away from even thinking about the golf course that much and more toward like okay who's hitting it well over the last month over the last 20 rounds or whatever is that is that how you look at um tournaments where the venue is kind of like an outlier yeah, I think so. We uh, it, it, th This is the weird week where we have just enough data to be dangerous. We have just enough mm -hmm. of a sample size mm -hmm. to be dangerous. Like those two years, I'm like, well, I know everything now, but it, I, I understand that that's probably not the case. But yeah, it, in general, um, I, I lean on recent form and also it's not like we saw this course at a different event last year. 2018 is really the last time we saw it. There's yeah. been like a lot can change in our memories in perception in the golf course since then. So yes, I, I would prefer to throw most of it out the window. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's probably, I, who knows? I, I don't know if that's good, bad or indifferent, but I, it, it is, yeah, it is tough because it, it's almost better. Like you said, to have a course like last week where you're like, I, I, I mean, I have no idea. Um, so John Rom's probably going to win. And then he does, which never happens. But um, yeah, it is, it does push me in that direction. I think. Well, I think to your guy's point, um, 
Sunday afternoon, I think it was, and it's kind of a tradition unlike any other, um, where Nance will have a look at the weather forecast for the next event. And so he tells us, he goes, boys, you've seen the forecast for um, DC next week. And it's supposed to be like in the 50s, high 50s, low 60s, we heard, and, and rainy on a couple of days. And so that sort of plays into this whole thing. We'll be going back to a new golf course. You know, there'll be some inexperience, but that weather just throws a wrinkle in everything because you might get, you know, some really rainy weather and have to play through it if there's no electricity. And you might get on the side of a draw where in the afternoon it clears up and you're okay and it's a little warmer. So I'm keen to see how Thursday, Friday play out, certainly, because I feel like, you know, rounds one and two, more so than most, with the weather's forecast, may have a little bit more of a say-so in what happens over the weekend. Uh, I Maybe I should save this for a uh, a trivia challenge, but I was going to ask how many... How many TPCs do you think there are, gentlemen? How many there's TPCs? Because there's some abroad too. There's, there's not some one. abroad. Not all of them are private, and obviously not all of them host PGA Tour events. Any guess at how many there might be? Nine. Okay, Mark's official guess is nine. It would take too long for me to remember all all of them. <laughs> we'll have to do this in one of the stump the Schwabs at some point. Yeah. I, hey, we could actually get Schwabby on the show to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Deal. You tell Jake, me. We'll get we'll get him on the show. Jacob's guess is seventy five. So <laughs> we, we've got a big we've got a big range here. <laughs> I'll say eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. KP. It's how many TPC like TPC courses there are. TPC resorts. Uh, a resort. Both okay. Daily fee. Yes, because some of them have two courses. So okay. technically. Can I retract mine? <laughs> technically, resorts, uh, they are split between private and they are uh, or resort or daily fee courses. I think there's a lot. I'm going to say like uh, like 300. Oh, that's over. Uh, Co- coach, what, what did you say? 18? I said 18. All right. Closest without going over is Coach. There's, uh, there's 30. 30 oh. of them. We'll have to name them at some point. But um, – oh. Goodness, that would that'd be fun if we go around and you get eliminated when you can't name another one. Yeah, that would be a fun game. Yeah, we'll we'll play that at some point. Yeah. Uh, so get your get up to speed on your on your TPCs. Um, KP, Rory McIlroy is in the field. Rory McIlroy is the favorite. Rory McIlroy is making his first start since that splendid Sunday sixty four at Augusta National, where he got everybody all hot and bothered. He is our defending champion. I like for you uh, to tell me what you feel about Rory McIlroy this week while I go adjust my light. So uh, vamp for me for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you could adjust your, you could change the oil in your car if you want me to talk about talk about Rory for a while. Uh, I feel a little bit um, underwhelmed by Rory this year. And there's a couple of reasons. One, the event that he won in October, this at the, uh, what did he win? CJ, CJ Cup? Yes. Yeah. Uh, he didn't, he didn't hit the ball that well. And, and I'll come back to that in a second. Really? Yeah. I think he was like a zero strokes gained approach or maybe negative. You can look that up for me, Rick. Um, he, he putted out of his mind and, and, um, obviously that, is helpful and that's how you sometimes win tournaments. But then even at the masters, the, the 64 that he shot, I mean, how many times did he chip in? He holds out. He, he's, he, he's not. And I guess this gets at my point. Um, Justin Ray wrote an article for PGA tour.com this week, and it laid out how bad he's been from 50 to 125 yards. He doesn't have enough shots to qualify, but if he did, he'd be last on the PGA tour in terms of proximity from 50 to 125 yards. Now, I think Rory's kind of an underrated wedge player, uh, both chipping and kind of those short hundred yard shots because it, it gets it's almost like a caricature now where it's like, oh, Rory can't hit a wedge. And it's like, well, that's statistically he's been pretty good over the course of his career. But recently he hasn't. And especially this season, he just is not hitting the ball close from 50 to 125 yards. He he's his uh, Justin Ray wrote this, but he's he's been actually close. His proximity to the hole has been closer from 125 to 250 than it has from 50 to 125, which is 
just astounding. Like that's so bizarre and strange. And and maybe some of that's a sample size thing, but I, I just I'm not super excited ab- about him because he's he's not he's driving it well. I think his short game is really good and underrated, but I mean, what's the thing we talk about every week is like, how good is your, is your iron play? How good are your approaches? That's what, when you, wins you golf tournaments. And I don't think his iron play or his, his approach game is as sharp as it needs to be at this time of the year, going into the PGA and going into the U S open. So I'm a little, um, bearish on where Rory's at, even coming off that 64 at Augusta. Uh, Rory McIlroy's victory at the CJ Cup gained five and a half strokes off the tee, gained six strokes with the putter. He gained another three around the greens. And KP, what, what's your official guess? He lost a stroke on approach. Yeah, I'll, I'll say he was a little bit worse than field average. Lost three point six. Wow, you're spot on there. Yeah, he wasn't. I mean, he wasn't good, and that is just it, it's you know it. it if you look at all what's he won 20 times on the PGA tour, I bet that's his, his worst in that category. It's just really hard to win a tournament like that. And I think that's the game. That's the part of his game that over the last few years, that to me has been the most inconsistent. His, his people talk about his putter all the time. He's a good putter. I mean, he's, he's had bad tournaments, which everybody has, but he's a salt him and DJ are both DJ is a better putter, but they're both solid putters compared to their perception on the PGA tour. Um, but he, he, he hasn't scored as well as you think he should because of his, his inconsistent iron play. And that, that to me is um, that that's where I'll, that's what I'll be focused on at least this week when he plays. It's it's his only win in which he's lost strokes on approach. So by by far his worst as he hoists a trophy. Mark, make sure you're un, unmuted before you jump in on this. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, I was just muting there because the dogs in the background were getting a little noisy. I I, I, I sort of respectfully want to con- contend that point a little bit because the Rory McIlroy I've watched in cold. Um, Looks like he's back to his sort of old style of swinging. It's shallower through the ball. The ball's hit with a high draw a lot more. Like when he was a better iron player, he was trying to fade some balls. And he said to me, like that major championship season, he had the fade available so he could attack some right hole occasions. But the thing to me with the iron game for McElroy is he's hitting the ball the right distance so much more often. And when you do that, even though your numbers might not bear it out statistically, you're going to give yourself largely, except for Donald Ross courses, where you can have a bunch of bending butts. If you hit the ball the right distance, you're going to give yourself decent looks at birdies. And that's to me why, if you look at the stroke average right now for McElroy, it's like 69.8. And the list of guys who are in front of him at that number are Cameron Smith, Lowry, Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas, Russ Henley, and Rory, if he was in there would be ahead of Morikawa. So I'm starting to see a guy who's just a whole lot, I don't want to say the word consistent because he's never really consistent. He's not that guy, but he's more managerial and he's sort of constructing rounds and tournaments a little bit more and he's keeping himself in the game. Now, Augusta National was a little bit of an outlier, but the guy that I called in Vegas to that win just looked like he was biding his time. He didn't hit some of the silly shots that he sometimes hits when he's trying to go, go after a flag that doesn't need to be going to, to gone after. So that's where I like the look of where Rory is. And he just seems a whole lot more comfortable with what he's doing too, you know, because a player who's in between instructors is in between methods. You know, the joke on Tiger when he was working with Como was he was like, well, it's a different release pattern through the ball. And so that's why I'm struggling with my pitching. Remember that where Rory was in between this stuff. But I had a brief chat with him at Augusta National, just brief. And he just looks like he's one-dimensional now, and he's doing what Rory does. And so from that point of view, I feel like he's had some time off after a great round where he was buoyant afterwards, that, that, that final round at Augusta National. And, and you could sense that, like, okay, I'm making headway. So now he's had some time away. I'm sure went and ironed out what he was doing on. So for me, I'm yeah curious but I have a lot more confidence that the Rory we're going to see might not blow out fields like he has in years past, but especially this week. Remember there was a U.S. Open just down the way at Congressional where McElroy was virtuoso in wet conditions, just absolutely blistered everyone. 
It's the same sort of an environment on Ben Green's where I think he thrives. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens this week. And then as that sort of pans out and goes into the rest of this, this major championship season we've got coming up. Well, no matter what side you fall on it, Coach, he is indeed the favorite by a pretty sizable gap, about eight and a half to one, next closest in the field, 16 to one. Now, just checking in on a recent memory, John Rahm, heavy favorite last week, goes wire to wire. The week before that, Patrick Cantley, Xander Shoffley amongst the favorites, one or two go wire to wire is uh are we set for 12 straight rounds of the favorite being out front on the pga tour a part of my sick diabolical twisted side says i hope so <laughs> because golf twitter is always a fun thing so i said last week i said i'm gonna get do you guys a favor do not bet on john romp because it would be an idiotic thing to do and he goes out and wins so what of course does golf twitter do you cost me money you said not to bet on the winner and he came through I'm telling you right now, and I'm going to say it again. I'm going to double down. If you bet on Roy McIlroy to win this week, you are an idiot golf better. Not an idiot, an idiot golf better. Because you should never bet on a winner that's below, that doesn't have four figures in front of their name. Really, it should be a two in front of their name. But plus 850, there's so many other valuable ways to do it than to bet on him to beat 155 other golfers. But the fact that he is such a big favorite, I get it. And sometimes it's right in front of you. And sometimes that's the hardest week to do well and perform when you know you're coming in, all eyeballs are on you, and then you still get it done. So I give credit to Cantley and Chaffley. I give credit to John Rahm, who was clearly the star of stars in Mexico. And I believe Rory comes in to Mark's point. What I'm watching right now is a very, very confident golfer. And I also believe this is also happening. It happened with Rahm. Seeing Scotty Scheffler, seeing Cam Smith, these guys that are playing well, getting all the attention, that doesn't sit well with Rory and Rom and all these guys that haven't won in a while. JT, they want to be talked about heading into these majors. How do you do that? You get a W. I, I tell you what, to that, the, the, the John Rom, because I was in front of his group both days over the weekend, and looking back and watching him play, um, it was a little more scrappy than John Rahm normally is from T through green. That I will certainly admit. But coach, to what you observed there, Rahm was blue collar, man. He just found a way to win that thing. Uh, there were guys playing better than him. Like yes, Cam Champ, my goodness gracious, that guy fell over himself and still could have, you know, should have won the thing. But Rahm just sort of scratched and clawed and, and sort of made it happen. And, and sometimes tournament wins come that way they're not these things where like when i called rory at bay hill when he won i remember the numbers because i showed him he led in strokes gained off the tee and he led in strokes gained approach he led everything it was just like one of those weeks and he goes well yeah that's pretty good you gotta go and win some tournaments too and this is the met i think the measure of a good player where they can win the thing and to use a tiger woods ism i can win this thing with my b or my c game and so that's why i'm keen to see where Rory is heading forward because in a major championship, you're not going to have your ace stuff all the time. You, you've got to find a way to put a score on the board. The pairings just dropped here, KP. Rory McIlroy going off the 10th tee Thursday morning, 7.34 a.m. alongside Webb Simpson mm. and Frankie Molinari. Your thoughts? Um, <laughs> I'll just put you on a spot with a random three ball. Yeah, it's always it's always tough for somebody like Webb to be paired with Rory. Or, I mean, we've talked about this. Like Webb's, at least when he was playing at his best, as good as probably the best in the world. If you just drop a ball in the middle of the fairway, uh, but it's it's tough for him <laughs> to watch Rory hit it forty yards past him or whatever. Uh, that's a fun pairing, though. Like if you're going, I, I I love groups, and Augusta does this so well. That are not like the, just the top three guys in the world. There's there's so much like there's so much to be gleaned and so much fun to be had from watching uh, Francesco Molinari like get around a golf course. So so like it's so good. Um, and same with Webb. Like he's kind of quirky and unique in terms of his swing and and how he gets around. And obviously Rory is. Uh, more majestic to watch than than uh, probably those two guys, but I love that group. I, I think that's uh, I think that's a ton of fun. The uh, by the way, what is what is what is plus eight fifty in terms of uh, like a percentage? Uh, like ten ish. 
I think Rory's, I did this a couple, uh, maybe a while. 11. Winning percentage, his OWGR career winning percentage is like seven and a half. Yeah, it's so, like 10 and a half percent. Yeah. So that's why coach says you can't bet it because like I, if he's going to win seven and a half percent of the time, the odds imply he has to win 10 and a half percent of the time. Obviously, it's only a couple of percentage points, coach, but that adds up and you're on the wrong side of it. If you're going to if you're going to do this every single day or week like we do it, you can't bet those. You just cannot do it because you won't be betting for very long. You just can't make a career out of doing it. You can't do it. If you like ball strikers, Luke List, Sergio Garcia, Gary Woodland will miss exactly zero centers of the club face. Uh, <laughs> Max Homa, Ricky Fowler, Jason Day. That's a fun little group. Those guys will have a blast together. This, I, I, I want to camp there for a minute because I'd like the panel's thoughts. Uh, last week, we were walking around the golf course to prepare. And it's Nobolo and Dottie and Colton Oost and me and sort of just looking at the place. And it was impressive the way it was presented. And then we were talking about the field. And the question amongst all of us is, why is Ricky not playing in this tournament with a somewhat weaker field, trying to gain a little something with wider fairways? And then you go ahead and you you might fan one or two and be okay and put together a good week and gain a little confidence and get your leg up on the season some. And, and all of us were like, it doesn't make any sense. But now he shows up at this place, which is going to ask you to drive the thing like dead straight all the time it's it's just curious that ricky has not allowed the schedule to evolve a little bit uh, your thoughts one, one of the best things i love about doing pga tour live is going out to dinner at night with whoever's working that week it's it's some of the most fun if you're a golf nut oh my god that was a topic at dinner one night we we're like why in the world is ricky not here to your point yeah about the golf course but what about one week changing your career tony finau said it on sunday because you can come here and there was like a million corn Ferry tour guys in that event why wouldn't he not come here when he's not eligible and not uh, qualified for most of the majors moving forward? He's getting sponsors exemptions. He's basically turned himself back into a beginner coming out the Corn Ferry Tour. So if that's the case, he should be playing every single event that he can get into right now and not just skipping events. And last week should have been perfect for him. I don't know if his ego is getting in the way or if his schedule, he wants to keep it like he's a PGA Tour winner. But he is not that anymore. His exemptions have run out from the players, so now he needs to get back to it. So that was definitely a topic uh, because we felt like he should have played last week. Yeah, Ricky needs a statistician on the team and start following following the trends of where he should be. Uh, he's teeing it up. Rick, do you know what his best finish of the calendar year is? Not the season, but the calendar year. Ricky's. Yeah. Uh, probably something in the thirties. T42 at the Honda. Oh boy. That's crazy, right? I mean, what what's the what's the recent comp for him? Smiley Kaufman. <laughs> that's, yeah, damn, bro. that's excessive. I know, but having one and then falling to where he is, I think it's I, comparable. I think I think a little bit of like Henrik Stenson when he fell off, okay. or maybe like Steve Stricker. But I think the difference with them is they eventually like bounced all the way back. And 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 I guess what I'm what I'm saying there, coach, is like Smiley was never the player. Like Henrik Stenson and Stricker were both really good, like Ricky. Smiley played in one, you know, final group at a major, and that was kind of it. He he was never like a star in college or whatever. So I I'm curious about like, can you find it again as a almost 34-year-old? in a world where there's 10 of you or 15 of you when, when you were like as a 22 year old coming up, right. Scotty Scheffler is better than what Ricky was as a 25 year old. Colin Morikawa is better than what Ricky was as a 24 year old. Victor Hovland's better than what Ricky was as a 23 year old. So I think his um, trajectory and the way the next few years play out is a really I think everybody rolls their eyes at like Ricky news or content, but I think it's a really interesting story. And I think it would be a really good um, outcome for the tour and for golf and for Ricky, obviously, if he was able to do what Stinson did to do what Stricker did, um, because it, it has been, I mean, it's been kind of like in the wilderness for a while now. So I'm, I'm fascinated by whether he's able to turn it around over the next year or two. 
and I'm not sure there is a, a super great comp because even some of the guys that you mentioned, like, or that I would lump him in with, like Stenson's just, you know, over 40, like, okay. Like the yeah. game is eventually going to tail off. I would include, uh, Jason, De like, okay. So Ricky having an elite skill set, the putter, and that he has completely lost his terrifying stuff. Jason day lost an elite skill set, but you could argue that's injury and practice related for all we know, Ricky's been very healthy and he's still in his golfing prime in terms of how old he is. Like, I, I, I don't know if there's a great comp for that, but also so, think about this guys. And we, we talk about this a lot. Who are the players that have the most sponsorship dollars? Well, it's normally the top players. Am I right? So his, his uh, sponsors are still behind him because we're seeing new commercials. It seems like every single month, how long is that going to continue? How long is that going to continue with him not being on TV, not being in featured groups, not being in marquee groups on PGA Tour Live, where you don't get to see all of his logos everywhere? How long is that going to continue? I don't know. But right now, you'd have to say that they're sitting in boardrooms somewhere going, are we getting the return on our investment? For years, Puma was just making bank off of Ricky Fowler. Are they still? I don't know. I would love to. See, I would love to see the books on these deals that these golfers get, and see. Uh, you guys getting getting an ROI on this, or you just want to be part of the part of the game? I'd love to see that. I'd love to see the picks that we've got for this week, because that's where we're going next. We've got best bets. We've got our one and done selections. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And we're back. Mark, your time to shine. This is your nationality pick of the week. If you are new and just tuning in, Mark makes a fool of us every single week by playing a uh, random national anthem. We then have to determine what country that might be and then figure out who is Mark's selection as Kyle uh, uh, squirms his way out of frame. You better, get, you, you better get Kyle back in because uh, he. I refuse to participate. <laughs> you picked this. No, we're not gonna like, get it. Uh, you, you know, you know, you have those contests where you play like a few notes from the song, and then you have to guess what it is. Kyle yeah. picked this thing up last week or whenever it was in just a matter of seconds. So this week, um, I'll give you guys a clue. Thank you. A little insider on where he is mentally and with a game because I traveled on the way out of Mexico in the hotel, in the elevator, down with him. Charming young man, um, been playing really nicely. Jacob hit it. Yeah, name the song. 
God save the queen. There you go. Yes. Oh, right. wow, coach. Look at you, coach. Okay. So, so we know he's English and we know he played last week. Oh, he so, played last week. Uh Mark was Patrick in the elevator Patrick. with him. Uh oh, that's true. Uh Aaron Rye. Aaron Rye. Good boy. There wow. you go. I'm going with Aaron Rye as the low Englishman. He Rye. just he hits it like a beauty. Uh, I think I actually said to him, I'm like, Aaron, I think Evanel is a really good fit for you. And he looks at me and goes, Evanel, we're going to TPC Potomac. I'm like, yeah, well, back in the day when I was young, like you, it was called Evernell. <laughs> so, so, yeah, he's he, he's charming. Uh, I watched him hit a little bit. It's the ball really heavy. Um, well, not heavy, but it cuts the wind nicely. And, and I feel like if the weather's a bit sour, you know, that that's a nice British summer for him. So I'm looking for Rye to thrive. That was the best performance we've ever done. Coach first guest nails the country, nail, and then they both yell out Aaron Rye at the same time. Why? Why am I so excited that I got that? That shouldn't mean that much to me, but it does. Really <laughs> does. Well, we're becoming we're, we're becoming worldly because the first few uh, we were like, no, nah, this is desperate. <laughs> uh, but now you guys are picking up on the anthems pretty fast, so we're, we're a global bunch here on the first cut. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. All right, best bets here, gentlemen. We did all right last week. Let's see if we can find some more success this time around. KP, let's flip it around. Let's start with you. You've got a three ball on your uh, on your sheet here. Yep, I got Keith Mitchell over Webb and Leash. Uh, this is a little bit. Keith Mitchell's been hitting the ball pretty well. Uh, his strokes and ball striking over the last twenty rounds is top ten in this field in terms of. Um, not in the world, but just guys that are in this field. But it's more of a play, and I know Coach loves it when people do this. It's more of a play against one of the guys in the three ball. So I'm sort of taking like Webb has not been playing that great, and I'm ta- I'm a little bit taking him out of it and just saying, okay, if Webb's not playing great, this becomes head to head Keith Mitchell against Mark Leishman, and I like the plus ninety I'm getting. Uh, if that's a one-on-one matchup because Leishman's been playing better, but still not as well as, as Keith Mitchell's been playing. Keith Mitchell over Webb Simpson and Mark Leishman plus one ninety four KP coach. You found us a top 10 wager as your best bet this week. Uh, yeah, we see on the early edge all the time. We like to educate and entertain. So to back up quickly, what uh, KP was doing, if you want to bet and you like a guy and you want, and you don't like the number in order to get a much, much better number, just throw a third guy into it. That's why it's my favorite bet. Uh, if you can't decide. So I love KP's bet in my five years, Rick working for the PGA tour. I have never seen a player that I call and I called Scheffler 59 that hit the ball better over the course of four days than Tony Fina did last week in Mexico. He literally, without without overhyping it, could have been 25 under par. That's how good he hit it. And he had a backdoor top two, if that's even a, a thing. But I've never seen a player hit it closer in proximity to the hole and make absolutely nothing on Thursday and Friday. He barely made the cut, minus three, and then went bananas over the week. And I think he was 13 under par over the Saturday and Sunday. He's going to back that up. He found it on Saturday and Sunday, found the putter. This, to me, is an absolute lock based off this field and based what I saw. I called him three out of his four days last week, and it was amazing. Man, you're quick to change your tune because last week you were ripping on Fina like he was the public enemy number one, Coach. I was. I was. I was. I did. I did. It changes when you see somebody play and they find it. You, I've taught you've taught me that sometimes you can flip a switch. And Tony Finau said in his what do you say in his post-round press conference on Sunday? He said to Amanda Balionis on your broadcast, Mark, he said, sometimes it only takes one week. Mm-hmm. Find it. And I believe you found it last week. Good call, mate. Well done. There you go. Tony Finau, top 10, plus 250 if he gets it done. I've got the shortest odds here. That doesn't happen often. Max Homa over Matt Kuchar. Kuchar's got uh, two really good finishes in a row, two top threes, but he's gained seven strokes putting in both. I'm a little bit worried about that. Max Homa has been one of the better ball strikers in this field over the last 20 or 24 rounds. And Mark, rounding out our best bets here, uh, you've gone back to the well. You found us another nationality pick. Who is it? Only three Swedes in the field this week. Uh, one of them, David Lingmurth, was a Monday qualifier. And the other one, Jonas Blixt, a quick backstory. When he won at the Greenbrier, I interviewed him after the Saturday round, and he hit it like all over West Virginia. And I'm like, so what's the plan for tomorrow? And he goes, I just got to try and find more fairways, and I don't know how to because my driver is out of control. He's never been that accurate off the tee, Blixt, that is. So I'm looking at Norlander to knock off uh, a couple guys 
who I think might be a little questionable around this venue. So uh, Henrik Norlander for the low Swede. Yeah, basically a little de facto three ball here. Norlanders plus 120, Lingmurth 175, Jonas Blixt plus 230. Mark is going with Henrik there. Gentlemen, uh, let's move along here to our sleepers, our top 10, and our picks to win. Oh, some familiar names out here. Let's start on the sleeper side. KP, find me somebody 50 to 1 or longer for this week. Yeah, it's somebody that I actually mentioned earlier, which is uh, Keith Mitchell plus 5,000. And, uh, you know, he played great at this tournament last year, obviously different venue, but to me, it's more about how well he's been hitting it recently. Uh, not a ton of great finishes, but he's been pretty consistent in terms of making cuts. So I I like, uh, I like Mitchell at plus 5,000. I think he's a little bit, you know, he, he's not a tier one or tier two guy, but I think he's like a, a pretty underrated, maybe tier three or below guy. And I like that number in this field. Yeah, 50 to 1, Keith Mitchell. Uh, Coach, you've gone a little bit longer. 65 to 1 for your sleeper. Who is it? Uh, that's a very, very good question. It's Brandon Wu. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I couldn't remember. I'm like I'm like looking for my notes real quick. Yeah, Jacob uh, hadn't changed the uh the the slide yet. <laughs> that's okay. I figured that's what it was. Uh so here's the deal. So Brandon Wu, 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 uh played really good at the Zurich. And I remember seeing his, his number next to his name. It was like uh, 160 or 170. He had missed nine of his first 10 cuts to start his rookie season. He's now finding his foothold. He's now figuring out, I am good enough to play out here on the PGA Tour. And last week on Sunday, he didn't look at any scoreboards and just went lower and lower and lower and lower. And I, at this time of year, I like to, to bet on guys that are playing a lot, playing consistently in two or three, maybe even four uh, tournaments in a row. This guy fits perfectly into this situation plus 6500 i would play him in the top 20 even uh potentially even a top 10 i think he's going to play that good this week we've got a 50 to 1 keith mitchell a 65 to 1 brandon Wu. let's just keep going 70 to 1 mark your sleeper this week yeah uh listening to you you made this call a few weeks ago and so i sort of opened my eyes a bit because i like to you know have a little listen to your opinion and your take and stuff and and Anir Bunlahiri played well here the last time we were at uh, at Potom TPC Potomac. And he's been playing solid this season and um, just had a brief hello with him last week. He seems like he's confident and pretty uh, comfortable with where the technique is. So uh, Lahiri at plus 7,000 was uh, sort of intriguing to me. Yeah, there you go. 70 to 1. Honorbon Lahiri. I'll just go really long here. Tyler Duncan, 150 to 1. You get like five opportunities at Tyler Duncan a year. Short, he's short off the tee. He's very accurate. He plays well on those golf courses. We've got one that will ask for precision instead of power off the tee. It's T dunks time. Top 10 gents. And we've got a, a pretty good, uh, a pretty good mix here. Coach, you've gone with the favorite to finish inside the top 10. It's Rory McIlroy minus 110. Oh yeah. Because now I get, I get 10 opportunities instead of picking him to win at plus 800. I get a minus 110. And this also is going to be a, a great situation for live betting. I would encourage everybody at home on uh, Friday morning, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, really look for an opportunity to live bet Roy McIlroy. Uh, if he starts off slow, you can get a really good number on him after 18 holes. But look at a lot of these guys that are the bigger players, the McIlroy's, the Finals, the Woodlands. You might be able to get a really good live bet on them as well. But I love McIlroy top 10 this week. I'll take Gary Woodland plus 375. I'd argue this course sets up better for him than last week did. He finished T24 last week. He was very popular. And now I think everybody's ready to move on. So Woodland at plus 375. Mark, you also found a top 10 wager at plus 375. Who is it? I did. And this guy's a hitter. And for all of you stroke and everything that isn't putting, folks, this is your man. Uh, Keegan Bradley, is, he can hit it. And he's always able to hit it. And he had a top five um, at the Quicken Loans year when Francesco won the thing in a rout. Um, been playing awesome this year. I think he's inside the top 25 nearly every time he tees it up. So Keegan Bradley is is a really good look. Around a golf course with some of the redesign, they sort of brought that mid-Atlantic look back to the thing with some of the bunkering and stuff. And one of the golf courses he plays very well at, the TPC Boston, uh, is a similar sort of a look. So um, I, I feel like Bradley should feel right at home. 
Yeah, Keegan Bradley certainly knows how to uh, hit the ball with his driver, with his irons. The closer he gets to the green, it gets a little bit more suspect, but that's okay. We can work with that. Uh, KP, you've got the longest odds here of our top tens. It's plus 450. It's a guy who's won this event before. Who is it? It's Max Homa. So if I look at the top seven ball strikers in this field over their last 20 rounds, uh, Gary Woodland, 1.2 strokes gained per round. Russell Henley, 1.2. Finau, 1.3. So he's been good. Brendan Steele, 1.3. Paul Casey, 1.3. Rory, 1.4. And Max Homa is at the top, 1.5 over his last 20 rounds. So he's hitting the ball extraordinarily well. He he obviously won this event on a different course, but uh, I just I love how he's hitting it. He hasn't really cashed that in because he doesn't have any top fives uh, in that that period of time when he's been hitting it so well, but I, I just at those odds plus four fifty with how he's hitting it. I, I really, I think it's a good number to be on McElroy Woodlands, Bradley Homa, the top 10 selections here. And that leaves us with our picks to win three different golfers. Mark, I'll start with you. You went with Rory McElroy. Yep. He, if he does it, he will defend his crown. Um, yeah, I'm doing it. And the reason why I'm doing it was I would happily put 10 bucks down on Rory at 85 to 1. Now, I know the, the odds aren't very good, but I'm, I'm standing by my observations from when I've watched him play. It is, it is getting close to complete. And the iron game, yes, yeah, statistically, it might not show great, and he may miss targets. But most of the time, I'm watching him hit the balls on the right trajectory. The ball's flying the correct distance, which is crucial to scoring. And it looks like he's back to his old groove with the driver where he's just lining up the right center of the fairway, just swinging away, knowing it's going to turn. And if we have a wet place, well, roll on congressional a few years ago. So, Rory, I'm, I'm, I'm going there. Hey, uh, real quick, real quick, Rick. Uh, Mark, I think I can safely say on behalf of the entire show, if Rory was 85 to 1, uh, sorry, we'd I'd... all be betting him. All of us would be betting Rory yeah. Mack this <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Winning eighty five dollars is where he was going with that ten dollar, uh, ten dollar comment. Uh, I could not look past the thirty five to one number that Caesars offered up on Terrell Hatton. He's been great in 2022. He's kind of got more win equity than I think some of the other guys in his similar price range uh, have. So I could not overlook that number. Now, gentlemen, Coach KP, you found the same golfer. It's Tony Finau. He's 22 to 1. Coach, why don't you take first crack at this? I'll be happy to. Everything I just said a couple of minutes ago, it, Tony Finau is hitting it great. There, there's not a, a human being on planet Earth that's hitting it better than he is in the last seven days. Now, can he take that to this week? Sure. Uh, will he? I don't know. But my rule is there has to be a two in front of my winner every single week just to get me some value because it's so hard to do this. So I love it, and I respect KP's knowledge so much i feel even better about my pick <laughs> kp did you like what you saw last week don't look at don't look at the one and done standings coach <laughs> uh, yeah i think fino's been interesting this year because his struggles have been primarily with his putter uh it does seem like he's i don't want to say coming out of that necessarily because uh, it can fluctuate a lot week to week, but the trajectory is good. He's been less bad over his last three tournaments than he was um, at the, at the beginning of the season. So, uh, you know, when somebody like Finau is like coach said, hitting it the, the, the way that he currently is, if they're a zero putter, they're going to be competitive. That's he's in that, that class of player. And uh, yeah, I did like what I saw last week. I love the way he's hitting it. Um, I, I think that, you know, again, like if, if he if he puts it average, which he got close to last week on the weekend, and he was pretty average at the Masters, at the Texas Open before that, then I think he's going to be really competitive. And I think somebody like a Finau in this field at longer than 20 to 1 is is good value based on how well he hit it last week. Okay, so I have a question for you guys who the betting experts are, because I just go with players, and then it happens. If it happens, it happens odds-wise for me. What are Finau's numbers in the top 10? Because to win an event, you're going to have to make putts. And, and yeah, you, Kyle, you say that if he putts at a zero clip, he's going to contend. You're going to have to make putts coming down the stretch. And last week, he was out with a different grip or handle on the putter, which tells me he's still sort of questioning. 
And last week, their greens that are running at 11 at best. These things are bent. They're sloping. They're fast. Jamming balls outside of the hole over here at uh, Potomac. So I'm keen to know what his top 10 number was would, because I would have been more inclined to go in that direction. So I'm, I'm just curious on, on, plus, on the betting of it. Plus 250 for Tony Finau finished inside the top 10 mark. I think that's a that's a great point, and it's a great question. Last week, Finau was pretty bad with his putter, and he finished T2, right? So I think that – I think what Mark is saying is somebody like a Finau to finish in the top 10 with how well he's hitting it might be a better – I don't know if it's better value, but it might be a safer choice than to actually win the event. But But we're talking about picking a winner. And let's keep in mind, it's really, really, really hard to pick a winner. Mm -hmm. So if I'm leaning into a winner, and a, a lot of it's luck, part of it is our knowledge, but a lot of it's luck. And so if I'm willing, I want to take the guy that's hitting it the best and hope that he hits some putts. And that, to me, is what my female pick yeah. is really all about. Yeah, understood. I get it. All right, gentlemen, we've got one final thing to do. And oh boy, is it a doozy. It's our one and done selections. And let me just tease. That the fan vote, the fan vote for who they're going with this week came down to one single vote. One single vote decided who the fans are going with. Make sure you show up at the polls, people. <laughs> Make sure you show up at the polls because your vote matters. Your vote counts. One vote decided the fans won and done selection, which I guess is good because I don't know what we would have done if they tied. Uh, we would have had to figure out a tie-breaking situation but we will get to that uh after a quick break and a word from our partners when the whole family comes together to watch the game nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store with instacart you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour less time shopping means more game time let's go Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus 15% off your first order with code ODYSSEY. So head to B-O-L-L and branch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And we're back. All right, gentlemen, one and done. Jacob, don't reveal that board just yet. The fan selection. In third place, Keegan Bradley, not the fans' winner. Uh, the second place selection, just one vote out of first place, was Tony Finau. They did not go with Tony Finau. Coach is already very excited. They went with Rory McElroy, coach. One single vote breaks the tie from Rory McElroy. Over Tony Fina. I think they're going to be eating each other alive in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic. This is fantastic. I'm here for it. Uh, I, I think, I wonder how many people that voted thought it was at Quail Hollow this week. A lot. A lot. A lot. I, I think it's a, I think it's a, <clears throat> Rory might win, but I don't think it's a good pick, if that makes sense. Co completely. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm saving Rory. Yeah, I'm. I am too. Uh, Sia Najad, two point four million dollars went with Sepstraka, so we're at that point of the one and done for Sia. <laughs> uh, KP, KP, two point nine million. You, you're starting to make a little bit of a dent here. Let's see. The last four, you've earned one point three million. That is basically the same amount that Mark has earned since the Sony. Yeah. Well. I was just living and dying with the, the Mexico Open leaderboard last week. I'm in Mexico on vacation. Didn't look at anything, didn't read anything, but I, I was tracking Sebastian Munoz. My wife is like, what, what are you doing? Like, why are we not going down to the pool, to the beach? I'm like, listen, I need to see what Sebastian Munoz is doing on the front nine at this golf course right now. Uh, he let me down on the weekend, didn't play that great, kind of, kind of faded late. Uh, I just... My, my problem here is that I burn so many guys. So my number is starting to look better, but I have no, I have nobody left. Like we're going to get, I mean, I've, 
I have guys left for the majors, but we're going to get to the playoffs and I'm going to have just nothing, nobody to play. So I went Cam Young this week. Uh, he People kind of forget about how good he's been so far this year. He's one of the top guys in the field in terms of strokes gained T to green over the last couple of months. Obviously, almost won at Riviera. I uh, finished T3 at uh, RBC a couple weeks ago. So I just, I love the way he's playing. And I feel like he, this is a good, I don't want to take him in a major. So I feel like this is a good spot to, to kind of insert him in. And I like that nobody else picked him this week. Yes. Kyle, a lone wolf, uh, myself, a lone wolf here. We'll get to Mark in a second. He's also a lone wolf. I'm taking Matt Fitzpatrick. I just looked at who everyone had already used. Let's see. Uh, the fans had already used Matt Fitzpatrick. Coach had already used him. Kyle, Greg, Mark already used him. I said, all right, this is going to be one of those opportunities where I get a guy who's got basically the third shortest odds all to myself. I will take Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, the fans noted already taking Rory McIlroy. And, and Mark, I'm doing just some, some napkin math here. They're at 4.4 million. You're at 6 million. The winner's share for this week is 1.6 million. It is plausible that an outcome of Rory McIlroy winning and Keegan Bradley not making more than 40 or $50,000 actually moves the fans past you. It's plausible, but I might. It's plausible that I take my shirt off and parade in front of the show, but I'm that's not going to happen. So, yeah. Look, if, if, the, if the fans go past you this week, will you do that? Because no. <laughs> I'm very, I, I'm, I'm very, very confident in my pick. I had two picks. I'll tell you more in a minute. I, it was a coin flip between them, but, but no, Rory's a, a good pick. Um, but I feel like my guy's going to earn me some dollars too, so we, we'll be fine. Fans going with Rory McIlroy, Greg and coach with Tony Finau. Coach, you are no one ahead of you has taken Tony Finau. So having a clear path to the top is always exciting. Couple, couple of things very quickly. I'm clearly in the fans' heads because every time I say something, they just go in 3,000 different directions. You guys are making it too easy on me. Uh, I'm in Rick's head because he's now looking at what others have taken. That's called so, strategy. Coach. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Hey, Coach, while you're in people's heads, I'm in your wallet. Just, just for the record, okay? <laughs> um, I've already won the so, – so I can't talk trash to Mark because he won the first half. I won the first major, so I've already made money from this. So the rest of you have not made a dime. So Mark's excluded from this, but I'm in all your heads right now. And I know you call it strategy, Rick. I call it in your head that you have to spend so much time to try to be one point whatever behind me. So with that being said – the lead between me and everybody else is just going to get stretched this week because Tony Finau is not only going to win, that's going to take me to 7 million, which means Mark's going to be so far in my rear view, I won't be able to see anybody. And there's one thing I know, having grown up in Kansas, that there's <laughs> nothing like a very straight highway with no cars in front of you. And that's exactly where I'm going to be. I've been on that highway since the uh, first event, the Fortinet, or what Cal calls it, the yeah, Fortinet. That's true, yeah. Mark, but yeah. you need oil right now because you're leaking it big time uh, since the beginning of the year. Just I'm, I'm just slowing down. I'm conserving fuel. I'm saving some picks. Does the term sitting duck mean anything to you, Mark? <laughs> I use it. <laughs> Uh, Jacob, come on in here. Have you colluded with Sia Najat? You have both gone with Sepp Straka this week. That Sia must hate that. Uh, but you are at least a clear path towards the front. Yeah, I mean, it's it's practically a lone wolf scenario with the amount of distance I've got between myself and Sia. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned napkin math. I mean, I did a little napkin math. Sepp Straka has more PGA Tour victories in his career than Matt Fitzpatrick. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I'm from South Carolina, and that math wasn't hard at all. Uh, so, look, we'll take the septic tank this week. I mean, he's, he's played well. I mean, you say we've reached that point of the season where you're taking Sepp Straka. I mean, wow. you know. Jacob is. This is the year of Straka. Savage today. Savage. Who won the Honda Classic, Jacob? Uh, that would be Mr. Sepp Straka. T3 oh, at the RBC Heritage? T nine at a at a flunky players championship. I mean, the guy can yeah. keep his ball in front of him. Yeah, he can. Everybody wants to be making fun of those who piss me. Sepp Straka. You were I was, I was 
ahead of the curve, KJ. Yeah, you're in early. You're on the ground floor, coach. <laughs> I burned hey, I burned Aaron Rye at the Bermuda at the at the Butterfield Bermuda Championship. I mean, I should have I should have saved that for a while. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice to have about now. Uh all right, Mark. It's time. Everyone has done the napkin math and says that they can reach you. Uh yeah. you are at six million dollars, five hundred thousand, nine hundred and twenty-nine. You are a lone wolf, so you've got an opportunity to extend here. Your one-and-done selection, please. You know what? I can't fault living in hope because we all should. So you guys can continue to hope. Uh, just so you know where I was going this week, I have my little book. I penciled in names. Um, I had two, uh, Russell Hanley and Keegan Bradley. And it essentially came down to a coin flip. You know, Russell's a beautiful iron striker. Uh, Bradley is just solid throughout the bag. But I, I flipped a coin and then it happened to settle down where I wanted it because Bradley's record around here is great and he's been playing very solidly this year. So I have a sense uh, on these, uh, this sort of golf course will be right up his alley. So I'm looking for a good week, certainly inside the top 20 for Bradley and I'll take it. All right. We've got a very diverse one and done this week. Gentlemen, we've got two minutes. This isn't going to take very long. Let's, I, I can't, I can't save the TPC game for later because now you guys know it exists. So here we go. We'll go coach Mark KP until someone cannot name a TPC resort or private course. Coach go. The TPC River Highlands. One. So gross. Two. KP. Uh, four seasons. That's correct. Coach. Uh, Louisiana. Correct. Scottsdale. Correct. So, so many at this point. Uh, San Antonio. Correct. Coach. That was that was mine, KP. Uh, <clears throat> um. Oh my God! I can't believe I'm getting bounced on that because I was. Oh my God! Yeah, once you uh, have that stuck in your head. I know I had to. I, I'm out. I, I can't. I, I'm. 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 I have a blank. I'm out. I'm out. All right, coach is out. Mark. Boston. TPC Boston. I caught a 59 there. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Um, <clears throat> I I can't remember if this is exactly what it's called, but uh, Twin Cities, TPC Twin Cities, or yeah, that's the one. Minneapolis. That's yeah, Twin Cities. Deer Run. Deer Run. There's so many. Uh, there can't be that many more that are that are tour events, right? Yeah, we've essentially knocked out the tour ones. There's a, there's at least there's at least three more tour events. Really? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I literally have a whole schedule going through in my mind right now. TPC Augusta National. I'm kidding. <laughs> um. I'm trying to think of. There's got to be some in in, uh, in California, right? Come on, put a, put a clock on him, please. Oh, Come easy on. there, Mark. <laughs> this isn't Major League Baseball. We're going to one next week. I'm going to give you a clue. Next week is TPC Craig Ranch. Wow. wow. Okay, that'll count. That was a gift, Mark. Has yeah. uh, someone said Louisiana? Yes, yes. I, did. I did. Oh shucks, I gave away my pick then. <laughs> Yeah, you thought you had two in the chamber. <laughs> <laughs> There's one in Charlotte. Oh goodness. Um yeah, that's the one Jacob knows. Jacob has two that uh he says that I bet no one will get. I'm assuming one of them is the one that is you're thinking of right now. Wow, I can't There's two more that. tour stops. Yeah, I think I think I know one of them, Rick. If they don't get it, let me guess. I think there's one we haven't got yet. All right, I'm out. I'm I'm going blanks. Oh, uh, uh, old white Greenbrier. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's TPC. Uh, yeah, that also not tour stop. It used to be. Not, well, it's not a TPC. It's not a TPC. I'll be, I'll be honest. I just looked at the chat, and Zach Jeffers came up with that one. So oh, you like, never, you never trust the chat. <laughs> never trust the chat. All right, coach, what do you got? Uh, uh, waste management. Yeah, we already said that. We said it already. Okay. I was gonna say the uh, 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 Palm Springs, like the the stadium course. No. Uh, no. PJ West. No, that's PJ West. Is not uh, TPC. TPC. Okay. Uh, the one that, the one in Charlotte is TPC Piper Glen. Yes, that's right. Oh, there's that there's uh, TPC Southwind Tour Stop. 
There's T. There's two in my backyard. TPC Summerlin. Yes. TPC Las Vegas are both here. Uh, Let's see. So that's all the tour stops. We've got uh, TPC Colorado. TPC Harding Park. Gentlemen hosted a major championship. Susie Whaley was just my partner. Then you get some more off the beaten track. uh, TPC Myrtle Beach. TPC Toronto. Uh, TPC Danzante Bay in Mexico. If you've seen the pictures of that on the internet, it looks insane. It looks like a video game. Sure. I think that was on the Tiger Woods game. Hey, uh, producer Jacob, can you pull up this comment by, uh, where is it? Zach Jeffers. It says Rory at St. Andrews would have been glove meets hand. TPC St. Andrews. We forgot about that one. Yeah, that one. Uh, I have three words for Zach here. Okay. Spieth by seven. <laughs> I think we're gonna have. To, I think we're gonna end the show there. That, that's like, hey, that's like a Justin Thomas is gonna win ten times. What twenty times a decade or whatever? It was. 25. 25. Yeah, you didn't long, even exaggerate enough. Twenty five. Long decade. It's we eight years left, Mark. Eight years. <laughs> oh boy. Really good. That's we, we have to stop now. We've gone off the off the rails. Big thanks, producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. We'll be back for round by round recaps after each and every single round of the Wells Fargo Championship. Go follow the coach on Twitter. Tweet at him. Tell him. Tell him. You, you, you know that he's you're an not idiot. In set. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you want, I can take it. Let's go. Add the coach rules. Whenever I tweet him or send him texts, I never get responses. He responds to everybody else, but never me. Was that coach? Because you are a true, true nemesis. That's <laughs> the word. Nemesis. At, uh, Mark Emmelman at Mark Emmelman. Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. Catch you next time. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.